I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Well, here we are, fight week. I cannot tell you how excited I am that this is the week that we are going to see Gennady Golovkin get the long-awaited showdown with Canelo Alvarez for the undisputed middleweight championship of the world. Except... Oh, and and I really hate this. This is the part that pains me. Canelo is the one who holds the WBC middleweight title. If Canelo Alvarez loses the fight, the WBC title will become vacant. Good God almighty. This is why people hate sanctioning bodies. This is why WBC, WBA, IBF, you know... When you get down to it, sanctioning bodies are like how Obi-Wan described Moss Eisley in Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Ugh. It, it's, just a, it's just a bit ridiculous. And, I mean, Golovkin's a guy who's, his whole, uh, his whole mantra has sort of been all the belts. And I figure that if he does get past uh, this fight with Canelo, that his next opponent would probably be Billy Joe Saunders, who holds the WBO championship. But, uh, it, it's just, it's just painful. I hate sanctioning bodies. I mean, for the love of God, is Ring Magazine the only one that has it right? And even then, it's kind of like, wait a minute. How can the Ring magazine still have the belt on Canelo when he hasn't even defended the the damn thing against an official middleweight? But uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting off track here. Let's talk about some other boxing news. One of them being Sergei Kovalev. After the Andre Ward fight uh, in which he was stopped in the eighth round, there was some talk of, is Sergei Kovalev going to retire? And even I was thinking, oh, you know, this... This could be it for him. I mean, he's probably made his fair share of money, doesn't want to do it forever, and who knows, maybe these two losses back-to-back that he feels that he probably did not get the best uh, treatment from either the referees or the judges in that case. Is he just going to say, you know what, I have en- I've had enough of boxing, I'm just going to find something else? Well, turns out that's not the case. Sergey Kovalev will be making his return to the ring November 25th against... Uh, see, I wish I knew how to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, his name is... And I'm, I'm reading this name. Vyacheslav. Vyacheslav Shabrensky. That, that's the best I can do. Shabrensky. Okay? <laughs> this uh Shabranksy fella is 19 and 1, 16 KOs. This is a going to be a 10 round light heavyweight match. This is going to be airing on HBO part of their Boxing After Dark program. God help Michael Buffer uh that night. I hope he's got more uh rehearsal time than I did. Uh the fight is going to be taking place at Madison Square Garden, but 
even though there was some doubt about uh, whether Kovalev was going to return to the ring, I don't think there's any doubt that John David Jackson will not, not be in his corner this time around. Uh, there was an interview with Jackson on BoxingScene.com. He, you can just tell by his language, he is done with Kovalev. He calls him an asshole, says that he's a real jerk, and that, you know, after each training camp, Kovalev would train less and less. This is what he says in the article, quote, I knew for the second fight that Ward was going to crowd him. If you give Sergey distance, you're in trouble. Ward is a very intelligent fighter, so he knew going into the second fight that he had to crowd Sergey. I knew that we could have won the rematch, but Sergey started making money, getting big-headed, and he didn't want to train hard anymore. Every camp was worse and worse, unquote. So, it is possible that uh, that awful thing called ego got in Kovalev's way of defeating Ward the second time around. It's a great pity because Kovalev's a tremendous fighter. I've heard some say he's one of the best that Russia's ever produced. I'm not so sure about that. I do think that people were rating him very highly among the great light heavyweight champions. I thought, well, I don't know. Is he really, does he really belong along the ranks of Archie Moore, Michael Spinks, Jimmy Kahn, just to name a few? Uh, I, I think people might have been overrating him at that point. But at the same time, I think that he's done tremendously well for himself. He's uh, managed to managed to make me look pretty bad in some predictions i predicted that bernard hopkins was going to give him a 12 round boxing lesson and from the first round afterwards you knew that okay this is kovalev's fight to win and he did it uh making hopkins look incredibly every one of his 49 years at that point but you you could also tell that things were uh you know, when it came out that John David Jackson was not allowed to speak at all times uh, in between rounds during the first Andre Ward fight, you, that, that was when you thought, oh, maybe uh, maybe things aren't as buddy-buddy uh, between him and John David Jackson as we previously thought. I would like to see Kovalev, you know, hopefully come back. I doubt that Ward is ever going to give him another shot at... Uh, at him they've fought twice both times it's come out for ward could we finally get that long-awaited fight between sergey kovalev and adonis stevenson stevenson still holds the uh, wbc championship but unfortunately with stevenson signed to al Heyman and pbc uh it, it's kind of a long shot it would take a lot of negotiating to make that fight happen but imagine if it did happen and they decide okay we're going to broadcast the broadcast this fight live on cbs or nbc you know th this could be a big fight still the the re the fight between stevenson and kovalev and now that we've seen that kovalev can lose he can lose and he can look vulnerable does this make it a more of a pick 'em fight? I don't know, but uh, either way, I still would like to see that fight happen. Moving on. Now, as promised in the last episode, I said that I was going to be doing a joint interview with Justin Salvato. We were going to be 
giving our thoughts about Triple G versus Gennady Golovkin. And it happened. <laughs> Thought I'd give you a little fake out there and make you think, oh, it didn't happen after all. Oh, that sucks. But no, the interview did happen. And I figured there's no point in going over the 24-7 series. It's good, but there's no point in breaking it down piece by piece like I normally do in my jokey, sarcastic, dickhead style. So what I'm going to do for you now is just play the interview with Justin. And then I'm going to give you my prediction for this weekend's big fight between Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez. And as promised, uh, right now... Justin and I, Justin is the owner of BoxingForFree.com, and we're doing something that we don't do very often, but we always do this for some of the big fights that come up. Uh, the last time we did this, I think, was for Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia, and we're doing it this time for Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez for the middleweight championship of the world. Justin, how are you, sir? Doing good. That's good. So, Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez. First of all, did you ever think that we would ever get to this fight? Because I was getting like uh, Golovkin was. I just thought, okay, this isn't going to happen. Canelo and Oscar are going to keep playing their, you know, their politics behind the scenes. That's fine. Let's just move on to something else. No, I knew it was going to happen. It was inevitable. It was just, uh, you know, like you were saying, how how long were we going to have to wait for this? You know, I was expecting the uh, Oscar to wait for uh, Triple G to, to be using a walker yeah, before, we got, before we got in the ring with him. Well, it's funny you should mention that because, like, in terms of uh, boxers, uh, Triple G is uh, older than you would expect. He's 35. I actually thought uh, that uh, he was – not that it makes that much of a difference, but I was talking about this fight with a coworker. Uh, last night, and he said, so how old's Golovkin? And I said, I think he's 34, and even the co-worker's kind of like, oh, wow, that's that's kind of old for a boxer, isn't it? And it's like, uh, yes and no. I mean, it, it depends upon how much punishment you have been taking in your career, and to Golovkin's credit, I don't think he's taken that much. Uh, you know, 37 victories, no losses, 33 wins by way of knockout. It, it's kind of weird, but... We always thought that if this guy was going to get his big chance against the quote-unquote middleweight champion, I thought for years, or rather, I didn't think for years, but I thought years ago was going to be him versus Sergio Martinez. And in fact, I remember writing a blog post about that probably sometime in 2013. Well, that's that would have been a beautiful matchup at the time. For whatever reason... Uh, <laughs> you know, it's always pushed aside. I, I, I guess, I, I guess the most obvious thing is that everybody was afraid to fight him. I don't know if that was the case with Martinez, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like everybody um, was talking to the guy, and of course, Canelo stepping up <laughs> way after the fact. You know, way after you know everyone saying, "Oh, this guy's a killer. Somebody got to fight him." Um, and that in Triple G's last fight. You finally, in my in my opinion, you finally saw him exposed. Like he was, I don't know if he was just having a bad night, or Daniel Jacobs was just that much better in the up uh, competition, or you love him simply underestimated him. He just looked, he looked pretty ordinary, and and yeah, sorry. No, 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 keep going, keep going. 
Yeah, no, he he looked ordinary in that fight. I didn't I didn't see I didn't see what in that I saw in like five point Daniel uh, Eel and, and 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 whatnot. Uh, I saw a guy who he looked aged. You know, <laughs> that's I don't know if that's the right word to use, but he he just didn't. He definitely looked vulnerable. Okay, well, I'm glad that you only used the word exposed once, and I think that's one of the most overused terms uh, that you'll find on any boxing message board website. I think vulnerable was is the more appropriate word, that he did look vulnerable, because I thought that Golovkin did win the fight against Jacobs. I thought that the knockdown was what made the difference. And uh, I think that it was just a matter of that Daniel Jacobs did much better than everybody that had come before him and that he surpassed everybody's expectations because people thought, well, you know, he, he's just going to be like another uh, opponent of Gennady Golovkin. He's going to go in the ring and after a few minutes, he's going to realize that he's overwhelmed and he'll probably fold under the pressure. I mean, no, that that's not what happened. And there have been some moments, I will admit, I scored uh, the round for his opponent. I remember that uh, Kel Brook had some good moments against him in their fight. Well, you often hear that um, a boxer that either they were their last fight. Um, you hear something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, so both Canelo and Triple G had opponents who were tall, uh, had long uh, reaches, but um, they both fought differently because they both, uh, Jacob does not fight anywhere close to the way Chavez Jr. fights. You know, everyone's going on about how Ray Canelo looked in that fight with Chavez, but Chavez doesn't use his uh, attributes to his advantage. He didn't oh. use his height, he didn't use his reach, he fights on the inside. Yeah, that makes a counterpuncher like Canelo look great, whereas Jacob was using his height and reach. And again, a part of me thinks uh, Triple G underestimated him and and took him lightly because uh, he, to me, he looked like he was struggling with the, the height and reach um, difference. That's certainly a possibility. I'm glad that you brought up uh, Canelo versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. You know, you talk about the differences between those two opponents, but I, I just think it's it's very easy to look good against a weight-drained fat boy from Culiacan. I'm sorry, I, I wasn't that impressed with... It's like, congratulations. I mean, we, we more or less watched Canelo do a 12-round workout against a, a, a life-sized, flabby, heavy bag. Well, it, it, it's funny. I, I, it, it, everybody around me has uh, uh, Canelo win this fight. You know, I right now I have a, a bet... Again, pro boxer R.J. Thotwell, uh, he, he thinks Canelo's going to win. I'm convinced Triple G is going to win. It's a five-dollar bet, but it's five bucks I, I really want and need. Anywho, <laughs> but I don't know if he's basing that off of Canelo's last fight or if he just really thinks this guy's improved over the last year. Yeah, it's no argument. Canelo has improved since uh, uh, the Mayweather fight. I see a guy who learned how to use a jab better. Uh, he throws a combination well, but I I don't know if that's enough to overcome like the one punch power and, and uh, 
determination that Triple G had. I mean, I was, I, I, I forget what fight it was. It might have been against Rubio, where he get an idea how much power this guy has. He throws uh, a hook, a left hook, on Rubio, but instead of throwing his whole body behind him, he just threw his arm, like, to the top of his head. Just his arm. It was like an arm punch. And it knocked Rubio down. I don't know if it knocked him out, but it knocked him down. I, I, I'm thinking, Jesus, if this guy put his body behind that punch, he would put him in a coma. Well, you know, it's funny you mention that. Before, uh, just before you, you came on the Skype chat, I, my dad called me. And he was asking, so what's this big fight coming up? And I told him about it, and I said, go watch Gennady Golovkin versus Curtis Stevens, because the one thing that always stands out from that fight is when Stevens is knocked down in the second round. It's like you said, Canelo is, or not Canelo, I'm sorry, Golovkin is not putting his whole body behind that left hook. It's almost like he's just using his arm, but the power that that knocks Stevens down, the look is on Stevens' face. Because he kind of realizes, good God, that's what he just hit me with. And, you know, he, he probably can tell that's not his full strength. And that's what I want to get into uh, with Canelo Alvarez. If you look at his last, you know, few opponents, ever since the uh, Floyd Mayweather fight, he, he's been doing his, what I call the catchweight queen era. Long live the queen, by the way. He has not fought a true middleweight. Now, you can make the case for uh, Chavez Jr., and okay, fair enough. I mean, it, the, the fight was at 164 pounds, even though Oscar will insist Canelo's really a junior middleweight. He, well, you can make the case that he, in Chavez Jr., he fought like a light heavyweight. Cause that, that dude looked huge in that fight. Oh, well, he looked huge, but it's like Steve Kim said uh, when uh, Chavez showed up at the weigh-in. All that was missing from Julio Cesar Chavez was a ransom note because he looked like he, he, he just looked so gaunt and uh, drained that, you know, you, you thought that he was being held in a dungeon or something. But Canelo has never faced a real true middleweight. I mean, Angulo was 155, Arislandi Lara was 155, and if you want to talk about exposed and looking vulnerable for uh Gennady Golovkin versus Daniel Jacobs. Arislandi Lara, uh, you can make a very good case that Lara won that fight. I thought that he won the fight. I mean, he certainly uh, was able to neutralize uh, Canelo's output because Lara landed more punches than Canelo. Canelo, uh, in that fight, I don't think he landed more than 100 punches. James Kirkland, uh, I mean... Yes, the, the the knockout of James Kirkland incredibly dramatic, a you know much more exciting than the Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight a week before. But come on, James Kirkland had been out of the ring for almost two years, and you know once again you could tell that he had, uh, Kirkland had uh, a complete novice in his corner for a trainer, and then he had the fight with Miguel Cotto. Those are not true middleweights. Those are junior middleweights who are somehow fighting for the middleweight championship. And then you've got Amir Khan, a blown-up Brit, a little dog pretending that he's a wolf. And then you've got Liam Smith, who will admit, okay, yeah, I I wasn't able to spar because he had some injury in the lead-up to the fight regardless. I'm wondering, does Canelo really have what it takes to deal with a true middleweight's power? You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I don't think 
that's something we're going to actually see in this fight. Because, um, the way I see it going is uh, I don't think Triple G is going to go bombs away. I don't think he'll waste his time like that. Because when I look at Canelo, just look at how he built. The guy... The guy built like a a, a, a rectangle. Like like, can you really hurt this guy? You know what I mean? He's just a solid uh, uh, um piece of meat, right? And at the same time, I seen uh, Triple G box when when he was in there with David Lemieux, right? He was in there with a power puncher. Mm-hmm. You saw Yanadi say, you know what? I am not gonna go bombed away. I'm gonna box this guy. And you saw him jab the. Jab David to death and outbox him. He made him look like a chump. It yes. was like a pro versus amateur. And I have a feeling, at least that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping Triple G decides I'm in the same thing. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight this guy. You know, like toe to toe. I'm gonna box him silly like it is Lemieux because Canelo is pro, he's begging for someone to outbox him like that. And I can see Triple G stepping up with his jab. And, and outbox him. My only worry is uh, Canelo being in the busy of fire. Because I, my my issue with Triple G is he doesn't throw as many combinations. Where Canelo, he's been showing me in his last few fights a lot of combination punches. So he can he can be the busy of fire if he chooses to be. If he chooses to be, yeah. Um, I'm glad that you brought up the David Lemieux fight because I did want to say, do you think we're going to see a lot more boxing from, uh, sorry, from Triple G in this fight? Because I don't think that he's going to fight Canelo like he fought Willie Monroe. I, I remember after the Willie Monroe fight, people were saying, oh, Golovkin was, or rather, Monroe was hitting Golovkin with shots and Golovkin was obviously getting, like, getting hurt. It's like, well, no, I, I don't think he was getting hurt. He was letting no. Monroe land punches on him. Right. Say, deliberately. Yeah. He deliberately. was very deliberate. Yeah, I, I always said he's doing that on purpose to either A, you know, it's a psychological ploy, like you can hit me with your best shot, and that's not going to do anything to me. Also, to maybe let the middleweight champions like Cotto or Canelo look at that and say, oh, if a guy like Willie Monroe can land punches on this guy, well, I should be able to, no problem, and then do the same. I think that uh, Golovkin is going to. Uh, I, I think we'll we'll see more of the boxer in Gennady Golovkin for this fight, and I, that's something I've wanted to see for quite a while. I mean, I'm glad we did see it in the Lemieux fight, but I wish we got to see it more often. But you know, Golovkin says he comes for the big drama show, so to speak, and I think people forget that this guy did win a silver medal in the 2004 Olympics. Right. No, 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 I need him to box. I'm not losing that five dollar bet. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> if he boxes the Mew, uh, uh, I mean Canelo the way he did uh, David the Mew, uh, I, I, this guy can win at least. Uh, he, he can win most of the rounds. Get a clear decision. I don't see him as much power uh, as this guy has. And, and uh, again, like we we're saying about his left hook, he had power. <laughs> It's incredible power. As much power as he has, I don't see him dropping Canelo. This guy is just not – he's built to withstand that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, uh, punishment. Uh, whether he's up on a cut, that's a different story. Hmm. 
So, uh, do you, you uh, see? Uh, do you see Kidalovkin possibly stopping Alvarez on cuts or something like that? Yeah, if he stops him, it'll be on cuts. There's no way he's dropping this guy. He's gonna, if anything, he's gonna win a a twelve round decision, or he's gonna stop him in the ninth round uh, from cuts. In the ninth round, oh wow! I'm still having, believe it or not, a, a trouble making this the prediction for this fight. That's why I'm glad I have another uh, week or so to uh, <laughs> come up with something, then I can put it on the podcast afterwards. But at, at the moment, I am leaning towards Golovkin. But, but, and I, I, I hate to say this, but Canelo Alvarez sometimes. You know, he has that ability to surprise you. You know, the way that he has been able to demonstrate his power against people like Kirkland and Amir Khan, it's kind of like, hmm, can, can, is it possible he can do that against Gennady Golovkin? I doubt it. I doubt it. And I don't think that uh, this is uh, a weight-drained Gennady Golovkin coming into this fight like we saw against... Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. This is a Golovkin who knows what his body is capable of. He knows that if he can make 160 pounds, and obviously he can, I think that the uh, diet of uh, junior middleweights and blown-up welterweights might come back to haunt Canelo Alvarez, honestly. They, they, Oscar might afterwards say, look, you know, we, we should have matched him against middle true middleweights. I mean, Miguel Cotto all the credit in the world to him, but I never felt that he had that much business at middleweight. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, fighting at middleweight. He was a glorified junior middleweight champion. No, I, I agree with that. So if you were, uh, in Canelo Alvarez's corner, what would your, uh, strategy be against Gennady Golovkin? Well, I would tell him to play for the sprint, which is counterpunching. But when you counterpunch, you gotta hit him with combination. You can't counterpunch with one or two punches. Counterpunch with three or four punches. You know, that's why I think his strength are, uh, his strength is, and that's why you should do the whole fight. Uh, I don't think he should try to go out there and be the aggressor, leave that to Triple G, and, and just counterpunch him all night. Any chance uh, that there could be a rematch? Well, the champ here, is um, Triple G, right? So he's un- the undisputed middleweight champ. No one can argue that. The guy had every title. He, he beaten, uh, I mean, he beat Daniel Jacobs. I don't think there's... <sighs> if Canelo, even if Canelo loses, if he can set up a, a crazy action fight, Maybe dropping Triple G, fine. I can see a rematch, a call for a rematch. But if he doesn't drop him, if this is not an exciting fight, it, 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 there's no point. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta take the title. You know, so I don't know. Well, um, actually, Canelo still holds the uh, Ring Magazine Lineal Middleweight Championship. Oh right, right. You mean, you mean the one hit boss? Uh, um. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, that, <laughs> come on. That, that, that's too fishy. You got Oscar Hoyer who's running the Ring Magazine, also his, his promoter. No, I, I don't, no, I don't yeah. put too much weight behind that. I put the weight behind Triple G, who, who you know, is willing to, uh, it was trying to clean out the division. Uh, uh, 
I don't. Canelo is not a champ. All right, he he's a he's a he's a contender trying to get uh, the championship belt. Okay, no, no, no that, that's an interesting perspective. I, I can't argue with it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know, he did beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. I mean, it, it is the lineal championship for a reason, even though it's kind of like, okay, the only person you really defended that championship against was Amir Khan. And yeah, but again, as you said before, it, it, the, the whole thing's a joke because all these fights haven't been at a cat weight. Like, I... I I just don't agree with that. You know, if, if you can't uh, allow your opponent who who get up to 160, then you're not the middleweight champ. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to make the case. So <laughs> um, no, I, I, I and, and people want to hate on me because <laughs> I, I, I I I'm not putting my stock uh my stock behind Canelo because I don't think he 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 really the champ. Uh, or any champ at middleweight, you know, and fine, you, they can go right on and hate me. But the, the true champ is Triple G. That, to me, there's no argument, you know, ring ring title or not, there is no argument who the real middleweight champ is. Yep, I will agree with that. Um, okay, so you're picking Golovkin to win by stoppage on cuts in the ninth round. That's correct. I'm, I'm still leaning towards the decision. I mean, I. I'm still picking Triple G by decision. Okay, so Triple G by by decision. I think that's where I'm going as well. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, in the back of my mind, I've still got some doubts. Uh, you you raised them once again about the uh, Daniel Jacobs fight, but just based on what I've seen, uh, my, my head's got to go with Golovkin. I, I can't help it. So uh, I, I suppose that we'll find out uh, a week from Saturday. Yeah, and uh, RJ, if you're listening, please make that $5 in cash, not check. Yeah, and pay on time, you cheap bastard. Okay, <laughs> uh, Justin, thank you for joining me, and uh, hopefully we get to do this again sometime. Yeah, I hope so. It's always fun. So that was a couple days ago. It is always fun doing those interviews, or not not even really interviews, but almost just discussions with Justin about upcoming big fights. Uh, I really do enjoy doing them, and like I said at the end, I hope we get to do them again, but that's not what you want to hear. You want to hear, Andrew, what is your prediction for Gennady Golovkin versus Canel Alvarez? This is the only thing that we're listening to the podcast for, aside from the sound of your beautiful godlike voice. So God like it can make you an atheist. But, <laughs> um, all right. It's hard to discount Canelo Alvarez, okay? Because since the Floyd Mayweather fight, we've seen that he's gotten better. We've seen that he can put combinations together. I remember watching the Miguel Cotto fight. He threw this one punch. It was... Uh, he threw it like a left hook, but then it quickly turned into an uppercut mid-punch. And the commentators were noting that only they, they could only remember two other boxers who were able to throw a punch like that, and that was Roy Jones Jr. in his prime and Roberto Duran. So it's hard to discount Canelo when he makes or when comparisons are made like that. But, but, and this is a strong point. 
it's hard to also discount uh, his victories against his opponents. You know, when when you're so much bigger than Amir Khan, when you're so when you're so many levels ahead of Alfredo Angulo, and yes, I picked Angulo to win, which was probably one of the worst decisions I could have ever made. I'll, I'll admit that. that. That was one of the worst. That was one of the dumbest I could have ever thought of making. But regardless, when you see that sometimes against pure boxers, he does have trouble, like we saw against Arislandi Lara. I mean, all these people can talk about Lara ran the whole fight. Lara ran. It's like, okay. Then how come Lara landed more punches than Canelo? I think that we are going to see a real beast come out in Gennady Glovkin in this fight. I don't think he is going to go, as Justin put it, bombs away. He's not going to go in there and just – this is not going to be Hagler Hearns. But I think we will see something similar to the the fight against David Lemieux where he is going to slowly bust and start to break down Canelo Alvarez. And eventually, after that point, he's going to – start chipping away he'll you know he'll start to break Canelo down physically and mentally and I think that I don't think that Canelo is going to be dropped I just don't see that happening okay if it does happen I I don't think he'll be able to get up that that's not a knock against Canelo in any way I just think that if he does get dropped then it's going to be a drop that you know stay down son but I just don't see Golovkin knocking him out. But I am picking Gennady Golovkin to win a uh, very wide decision, 119 to 110. You know, the the idea that Justin had of uh, uh, Canelo being stopped on cuts in the ninth round, it's very tempting to go with that one, but I just see this being a very wide decision. Anyway, that's my prediction. I am hopefully going to be back next week with another podcast. And you'll be able to, uh, once again, laugh at my terrible predictions. Or, you know, maybe you can laugh at Justin's terrible prediction. Because, you know, maybe my prediction will be right this time. But anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. You won! You did it! You did it!